Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 175 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks for joining me for another episode. And also to my Canadian friends, happy Financial Literacy Month. Yay! <laughs> Only money nerds like us would uh, get super excited for Financial Literacy Month, but I'm a huge money nerd, so I look forward to November every single year. So November is Financial Literacy Month. That means that the month of November in Canada, we uh, all try to focus on our finances and try to educate ourselves and really uh, use this time because it's right before you know spending season, December, um, to really take a good look at what's going on with our money. And so I know you're going to love this episode because it is all focused on not just money, but also a really big component to personal finance that's becoming a little bit more popular. I've had a lot of guests on the show to talk about it. Mindfulness, money and mindfulness and the role that mindfulness really plays in money. And uh, specifically, we're also going to talk about um, debt and credit and how we can just be more uh, mindful with our money so we don't get into debt and we can use credit responsibly. And uh, to talk uh, about all this great stuff with me for this episode, I am joined with Patrick Enns. He is the VP of Strategy and Brand for Capital One Canada. And uh, he's the best. And we actually were uh, recently on a panel together for the Canadian Personal Finance Conference, CPFC, uh, this past weekend. And I was moderating the panel. I was joined by uh, Patrick and also Lori Campbell, who is the CEO of Credit Canada and Debt Solutions. And uh, we had a great panel discussion about money and mindfulness. And it, I was just living my best life. I'm gotta, I've got to tell you, when I, you know, when sometimes you manifest or you manifest the right way? I don't know. But when you dream about like, what's my dream uh, kind of job or what, what would I love to be doing? Sitting on that panel and talking to these really amazing, smart people about money and mindfulness. Yeah. Living my best life. I was having the best time ever. So I know you're going to love this episode because we're going to talk about uh, a lot of the things that we talked about. Um, um, at this panel. So if you weren't at the conference, you missed it. That's okay. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff in this episode. Um, uh, before I do uh, get to that episode, I do want to just uh, let you know because uh, credit Education Week is actually coming up soon. It's actually coming up next week. It runs from November 13th to 16th. So it is basically uh, a kind of a subcategory or a component of the grander financial literacy month. And its focus obviously is on you know, responsible credit use and understanding uh, debt and all that good stuff. And you can, there's free events happening. Like I, I think Patrick in the episode mentions that there's like over 200 free events happening throughout Canada uh, for Credit Education Week. And you can find all that information on cewc.ca. So once again, that's cewc.ca. A lot of great stuff and resources that you'll want to check out uh, for Credit Education Week. So uh, without further ado, let's get to that interview with Patrick Enns from Capital One Canada. Well, thank you, Patrick, for joining me on the Mo Money podcast. I'm looking forward to talking to you, especially since uh, Credit Education Week is around the corner. Very excited about it. Um, so you are the uh, VP of Strategy and Brand for Capital One Canada. That's correct. Can you kind of talk a little bit about actually your background? I kind of did a little snooping on your LinkedIn. Sorry. So you're going to find that out. You're like, oh, someone's been looking. And you've been with Capital One for a very long time. So um, can you kind of talk a little bit about your um, your background and your experience and what kind of brought you into this role now of VP and strategy and brand? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been at Capital One for 12 years, as you mentioned. I joined out of my undergraduate degree. Uh, believe it or not, I came to Capital One. I knew absolutely nothing. What did you study cards. in school? 
I was in the world of business, but I had used a credit card precisely once when I I ran out of money and was and was borrowing from my from my mom at the time. Yeah, I guess that happens. Um, and so I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but uh, I've had an awesome journey just working through a whole whole bunch of different you know opportunities and problems here at Capital One. And, and in my role today, my focus is on building out the whole the Capital One brand. Uh, helping customers succeed with credit is our primary mission. And so designing products and services that really let people do that. Yeah. So I guess one question I have, and sometimes this is uh, a question that I get from audience members, is I work with uh, a lot of brands and part of personal finance is finding, um, doing your research and really finding products that are right for you. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about, you kind of talked about like you you work for Capital One Canada, you guys got products, uh, you make money obviously because you're a business, but you also are very um, cognizant and you want to make sure that people are being like smart with credit. Can you kind of talk a little bit about why that is actually so important working for capital, like working for a, a business that is in like the credit industry, but also making sure that um, the customers are, are, you know, not going in blind, not making mistakes, not doing something wrong with credit. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really at the core of why capital one exists. So we, we were founded in the U S and we continue to be founder led today. So Rich Fairbank, the CEO and founder is still running our company uh, and he really brought this company to life because he saw banks, particularly in the U.S., providing a one-size-fits-all uh, option for everyone, and it wasn't actually in the best interest of all consumers. Um, and so leveraging data and technology, you know, the goal was to provide customers uh, with something that they couldn't get at their existing banks, something better. Uh, and then that evolved over time, and, and you know, we landed in Canada in, in 1996, and so that's really been, we've always been a challenger brand. We, we have to fight really hard for our consumers, so we got to offer more value than what you could get elsewhere. And in, in many cases, we, you know, we are working with a specific type of consumer who's potentially had challenges with credit in the past, and really what they want is another shot, and they want to be successful, and so that's the, that's the service that we're providing to them. Mm, okay. That's very helpful. So um, I guess that probably leads me to um, Capital One's partnership in Credit Education Week, which happens um, in Canada from November 13th to 16th. Um, and I thought it was actually really interesting that this year, it seems like every year there's a different theme. This year, the theme is all about money and mindfulness, which I think I'm very excited about because mindfulness is becoming um, uh, more of a, a, a greater theme in the personal finance world. Uh, I think especially since, I mean, I've been doing this for, uh, you know, like in the personal finance world, starting to blog over seven years ago, and a lot has changed. The conversations have changed a lot. Before, it really was about stop being lazy, stop being bad with money, stop spending. And you're like, yeah, 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 like I get that, but let's kind of go a little bit deeper. Why do you feel like um, mindfulness is the theme for Credit Education Week this year? Why do you think it's so important for people to really um, start thinking about when they think about money and personal finance? Yeah, I, I love the mindfulness concept, and it took me a little bit to kind of get into it, but it makes it makes total sense. I think there's generally an awareness problem with Canadians, and we saw that in our own survey data with you know almost half of Canadians feeling some negative stress related to their finances. But mindfulness really takes it one step further, which says, like, how do I gain a greater level of awareness about what's driving that for me? And what can I do to take control of my situation and get myself to a better spot? And so really hoping through using mindfulness will empower and enable people to, you know, hopefully eliminate a lot of that negative stress, turn it into positive stress, 
uh, and do something about their situation. Definitely. And I, I definitely feel like, too, because I also counsel um, clients one-on-one, a big thing, and a lot of them come to me because uh, they're in debt or they have a spending problem. And, you know, obviously I can help them look at the numbers. And most of the time they got themselves into that situation because they were mindlessly spending. And that is, yeah, obviously the kind of opposite to being uh, mindful. And it's interesting that that is kind of where the shift is going in terms of like educating people with finance. I mean, that's why I pursued becoming a financial counselor because I didn't want to just like make people plan and be like, good luck with that. It's like, I want to talk to people and really get to the core issues because I feel like if you have an issue with money, it's very parallel to if someone has an issue with overeating or um, whatever kind of other issue and they need to hire like a personal trainer or a dietitian or just a therapist because they're having some personal issues and stuff. Like, don't you find like there's some very interesting parallels between all that? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think... You know, when it comes to stress, stress, and, and by the way, I'm, you'll probably know way more about this than I do, right? But, but stress has a certain impact on people where it makes it harder to make good decisions. And so when you're worried about something, and it could be anything, you know, that makes it harder to exhibit willpower, um, you know, or to contain, say, emotional reactions to things. So, um, and that's why it's so important to really tackle financial stress, because it can, you know, bleed over into many parts of people's lives. And and that's the the, the beauty of um, being involved in like financial literacy um, projects and uh, things like that because uh, yeah it's it's just one and that's a big reason why I personally got interested like people ask me like why I have an arts degree like why did you get into finance it's like yeah I hate numbers but I was very interested in how it could really impact my life and my future. And that's what I kind of always try to tell people. It's like, it's not about being good at money. It's not about being good at math or knowing the numbers. It's really about um, taking control of your life. Absolutely, yeah. Are you sure you still hate numbers, by the way? Um, it depends on... You know what? I don't hate numbers. I like simple numbers. I don't like when it comes to like advanced math and algorithms and, and trigonometry. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I was never good at that. That's why I always kind of, you know, wish that when I was learning math back in high school, they actually related it more to finance because then you have a context. You're like, oh, OK, I need to know this because this will help me project how much I need for retirement or something. Or this will help me project how much I need to save for that awesome trip. Not just like X equals Y, blah, 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 wah, 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 wah. That's a great message right there. Personal finance is not trigonometry. So that, that helps reduce some of the fear levels with it. Yeah. And when I talk to people too, it's like, I actually, when it comes to finance, a lot of people think that is complicated um, or they're like, oh, I never did well in math. It's like, it's so, it's the simplest math is mm-hmm. all you need. If you know how to plus and minus and multiply and divide, you're good. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Um, so I want to kind of talk about some interesting stats. There's this one stat that kind of uh, popped out um, that a Capital One was actually able to obtain from one of their surveys. It showed that 44% of Canadians believe that their financial situation negatively impacts their mental health. And that is kind of going along with kind of our conversation about mindfulness. Um, uh, mental health is also just a, a conversation that's going on a lot more, which thank goodness for that, because uh, I'm pretty sure everyone can raise their hand and point to someone that they know that is struggling with uh, mental health. Um, but why do you feel like finances can have like a big impact or maybe I don't necessarily think that finances are like a reason for why you have depression or something, but it could be a trigger or it could be, um, it could be involved in something. And that's definitely what I see. Yeah. And finances are such an important means to an end, right? Like for most people, the notion of money itself is not the physical money, but 
what it's intended to do for you. And so if you're feeling like your personal finances are strained, maybe you're worried about your ability to provide for your family. You know, maybe you're worried about your ability to pay the next rent bill. Um, that can be incredibly burdensome on people. And certainly through my time here at Capital One, I've spoken to hundreds, probably thousands of customers yeah. at, at this point. Um, you know, we've seen situations where once that stress builds to a certain level, it definitely impacts other parts of their lives and the relationships that they have. And, and so it certainly makes sense to me that if you're feeling a lot of financial stress, it's going to have a negative impact. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, affect all other areas of your life. Recently, I listened to, I think it was a TED Talk, actually. And um, the woman, I think she was financial planner. She was in the financial industry. I can't remember exactly who she was, but she was talking about her personal story with her uh, brother and they were adults and how her brother was definitely in some debt, but never really wanted to own it and never really wanted to ask for help, but would always ask for money. And eventually, sadly, the, the end of that story was he committed suicide because he was he had such a great debt burden, but also the shame. And that kind of uh, all led to him, you know, taking his life, which is awful. And there's actually, there's another documentary I I watched several years ago. It's about uh, credit card debt and how people um, who aren't informed, don't educate themselves, get into credit card debt and just can't get out. And then also, you know, leads to some really sad um, consequences. And it's just, you know, that's why I'm really excited that mindfulness is definitely the the theme for this year, because I think it's something that we all really need to talk about. It's great talking about mental health, but I think we should also really talk about, you know, one of the big things involved in kind of mental health and and some of these um, situations where, you know, people may think of suicide or I think it's like finances. I mean, it really is uh, a big, a big issue that we really need to talk more broadly about, but it's also kind of a weird, it's, I mean, it's not a positive, happy topic. So lots of people don't want to talk about that. It's very deep and it's very personal and emotional. And I think a big part of what we can do and what you're doing with your podcast is hopefully reducing the anxiety or shame over actually talking about it, right? Because you don't have to solve all of your own problems. There are resources and people who can who can help you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key thing to remember, too, um, is don't and this was something i even have struggled with is you don't have if you have an issue no matter what it is in your life don't feel like you have to solve it yourself because if you were able to you probably you might you know would have been able to but um one interesting thing um i learned when i was uh, studying to become a financial counselor was the people that you're going to help they're not you know bad at money they're not you know lazy they're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have mm-hmm. and so if you don't have those tools just like in any other kind of personal situation that you need you're like i just i can't lose weight or you know i'm really depressed or i need you know whatever you seek out help you go find a, a, a you know someone who can help with you fitness or a, a counselor or a therapist so why not do that with your finances and and don't and there shouldn't be any shame about that but there still is it's still money's a taboo question or a taboo topic um you know it's still kind of awkward when you want to ask other people like how do you manage your money and it's it's i think it's a something that hopefully like all of us can you know work towards solving, but it's, it's a big mountain to climb. It's huge. Um, and I think we just all got to know and acknowledge that money does not define one's self-worth. Yes. That's, that's and that's, a, that's a huge thing too. And I think that's, that's like a big thing that most people don't even recognize or, or think about that when you think about success and net worth or, or sorry, success and self-worth, you think about money. Mm-hmm. It's like, n- no, it shouldn't be like that because everyone has different values 
Everyone has a different purpose in life. Um, that's, again, something that I've really had to think about because I'm like very ambitious. I want to be successful. But then I'm like, what does that actually mean? Does that mean having a bunch of money in the bank? Or does it, or does that mean earning a certain amount of money every year? Or does that mean like just earning enough to make me feel satisfied and happy and, and be able to spend money where, yeah. you know, it means to me. That's not necessarily something people are talking about outwardly, but they yeah. should be. Well, we're probably veering off topic a little bit, but I'm guessing you get great satisfaction out of your listeners who tell you you've helped them. I do. Right. Or or even just yeah, like the ones that are like, oh, wow, this has been really impactful. Or, or ones that are like, I've never thought about it that way. I'm like, that's huge. Totally. Because... For me, the reason I, you know, am where I am is because other people do that to me. I read books, I read blogs, I talked to people, um, you know, I had mentors, and they've impacted my life, you know, like I couldn't believe. So if I could do that, and I, or I can push them to sort someone else that would like kind of really fit their kind of uh, thing. Because sometimes I'm like, I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I probably know someone else you would like to read that would kind of fit your kind of personality a little bit more. Yeah. I, I mean, I know for me personally, after being here for 12 years, the greatest satisfaction I'll get comes from two spots, actually getting feedback from our customers that we did in fact help them. Yeah. And then, you know, playing a leadership role here at Capital One, yeah. getting that same feedback from the people that I work with every day that I help their careers in some way, like nothing, yeah. nothing compares to that. Absolutely. We kind of talked a little bit about how money is an emotional topic. Um, money can be very much linked to um, uh, feeling shamed, stress, unhappiness. Uh, what do you think we can do to, you know, uh, you're a big brand that has a, a big voice, um, and I'm, you know, kind of a financial educator, and that there's a lot of other people listening that could potentially play a role in that too. What can we all do to help each other um, kind of switch that so we kind of think as Instead of money being like shame, stress, unhappiness, money could mean it can mean freedom, it can mean security, it can mean happiness. How, what can we do to start to make that shift together, do you think? Yeah. I mean, step one that uh, hopefully is obvious through kind of the, the survey data that we showed here is that you're not alone. Um, yeah. So such a huge portion of the Canadian like population is feeling the stress, right? So if, if you're kind of walking around saying, well, this is just me and it's not the person next to me. Nope, that's that's probably incorrect, right? So you've you've got other people who are part of that part of that mix, and then, you know, if you're already listening to this podcast, you probably know this, but there's lots of resources available to help you, lots of lots of free ones. Um, some of those are available through our Credit Education Week. That's a that's a big part of it. If you go to our, you know, like the website cewc.ca, but that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to you know, let people know that they're not alone and there's things that they can do. Yeah. Like, and even though you may not think this is something for you, like this doesn't like, even though I'm like a total money nerd and I got into this deep and now I'm like doing this for my living. Um, I always kind of tell people, I'm like, you can like jump in get what you need, fix your kind of financial life. So you feel comfortable and jump out. Like this doesn't have to be a part of your day to life. Like you do not have to think about money as much as I do. <laughs> no. Well, I mean the other like amazing data point we collected was that people are on average, spending an hour a day worrying about this topic. Now, it's probably not completely fair to say you could just take that hour and... Yeah, it's like, I will worry finances. about it for an hour, and then I will not worry about it for the rest of the day. It's like, right. probably a sprinkle throughout the day. Sprinkled. But if you could somehow dedicate that hour yeah. to, to taking control, maybe you're doing some budgeting or reviewing your finances, reviewing your goals, or discussing or listening to your podcast, you know, whatever that might be, just imagine how powerful that could be. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it too is for me, I actually don't, I think about money a lot, but I don't necessarily think my, of my own money that much. And that really has to do with me, you know, educating myself and also figuring out what does it mean to organize my finances? It means something different for everybody. But for me, I always kind of tell people the core 
three things that you can do is have a budget. So that's just a plan for what you're going to do with your income and your expenses. And then track your spending so you know exactly where your money's going. And then track your net worth so you can see what your progress is. If you do those three things, you will be so much, uh, you know, less stressed and having a, you'll know where your money is. And yeah. that's the key thing. Most people have no idea where their money is. Yeah. And I try and tell people if you budget, it's not so that you know what you can't afford. It's so that you know what you can afford. Um, and that can be really like powerful, right? Oh, I'm not doing this exercise to like stop buying that thing I wanted. Yeah. Actually- it's not about limiting yourself. It's about like seeing where you're at right now and then also looking at where do I want to be and how can I make that a possibility? And it may mean cutting out some things that you are spending your money on because they actually don't align with what you actually want. And most people don't really take the time to really look at that, but it's it's super, super important. Um, so we kind of uh, talked about this. What do you feel like Canadians could do to be more proactive? We talked a little bit about, you know, looking at resources and stuff, but I don't know, because you've been in the industry for a long time. I kind of mentioned my kind of three top things that people should like just, they can do their own. There's lots of free spreadsheets out there. What are some other things that you've maybe done in your own life or that you recommend to customers that like, have you tried this? And this might actually be something that would really help you. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree with the three that you mentioned, by the way. The trifecta. (laughs) The one step that I've taken before that that was really powerful in my life was some goal setting. And, you know, in my case, I'm married, I have a family. We, I had to do that with my wife. Like, we were having tension about where the money is going, to, to be perfectly frank. And she, was, she wanted to, you know, spend it in ways that I didn't want to spend it necessarily, or at least our rank ordering. Do you combine different. your finances? We do, yeah. That, that, that was a journey. We could talk, yeah, talk about that, too. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, but that was just such a powerful, that was just such a powerful, like, kind of exercise that we did because after that actually making the tactical decisions if there was ever conflict we could true back to the goals that we said hey we share these goals and you know this is why i think this is best for our goals so that so that was one you know one thing i might add on the other end is thinking about what what's out there in the market that can make this really easy on people so like technology has just opened up so many doors for us i mean 10 years ago if you wanted to look at your like credit yeah you had to mail in you can still actually do this by the way but you would mail I know, in actually, request. Like, that's like there's like the yeah. two free ways you can still get your credit report you can mail it in i, I can't believe that's still, still a thing but it is a way you can do it. it's just inconvenient but it is what it is yeah and then there's many like online service providers capital one's one of those but there are other ones as well where you can you can review all of that information and then just in the way that people are designing like personal finance products today if you think about a lot of the investing products that are out there, these things automatically take money out of your account. The same thing can be done with things like credit cards where you can set them up to automatically pay. Uh, That's what I do with all my bills. I have them all linked to my credit card so I never miss a bill payment. And then I just my job is really just to look at that one credit card payment and then make sure it's paid. Technology is your friend. Yeah, there's just so many ways you can set things up to be automatic and just so you only have to do like one or two steps instead of five steps. I mean, I remember back in the day, I used to, like, I definitely set up, I think, all these things. I, I did two things, so many things manually. And I'm just like, why did I think that was, like, a good way to do it? I thought that was just, like, that's how my parents did it. So that's, you know, balancing that checkbook, like, literally. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. There's, a, there's better ways to do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that was a, a long time ago. Um, I'd like to talk a, a bit more about credit specifically because we kind of touched a, a little bit about there's lots of different um, ways that you can now look at your credit score and get your credit report um, for free or online. Um, 
which I recommend everyone do um, at least once a year. Definitely your credit report once a year um, and your credit score maybe once a year. It's not super important to know that unless that is something that you you want to make sure that you are um, improving if it's not at a good uh, place or if you have um, one of your goals is, you know, I want to get a car, I need to get a car loan or a home and get into a home loan. Um, I actually recently uh, checked my credit report and my credit score, and I thought I was actually quite shocked because it's been about maybe two years since I've done that. Um, and uh, yeah, there were some things that I didn't actually notice on my credit report the pa- past couple times. I'm like, oh, I, I closed that credit card, mm-hmm. but it's still listed as open. That's affecting my credit score. And uh, it was an easy fix to do, or or actually I had uh, too much um I had a couple, two more, too many credit cards, actually. I just didn't think of closing one. I'm like, what's the big deal? And then I looked, oh, it's negatively affecting my credit score. I should actually close that credit card I'm using. So highly recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> I would even recommend more frequent. Um, and, and mainly because, um, unfortunately, in this day and age, technology is also enabling like bad people to go out there and try. And, oh, yeah, you know, that's true. So how much do you recommend more than like checking more than once a year then? Yeah, certainly. I I don't think there's any harm with checking, you know, monthly. Um, I personally might check way more frequently than that, but that's, you know, heck, I work at Capital One. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's normal. Yeah. Um, But I I do think that's a really important exercise in this day and age. Definitely. And even if you don't have a credit card, you probably have a credit bureau. Yes. Um, You know, so like you're still... You're probably in the system. You're, mm-hmm. you're in there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's good to know what's on there. I feel like a lot of people have no idea what has been reported. And they, I mean, I think it's pretty common for them to, there to be mistakes. Oh, totally. I, I mean, I was a little bit embarrassed. But the first time I looked at my credit profile, I found credit cards in there. I did not know I had. Oh, <laughs> did you actually have them or were there mistakes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is, this is unrelated to yeah. Capital One, just to yeah. Be yeah. perfectly clear. It was kind of in the vein of those credit cards that you, they used to sell on campus universities. Oh, like and there. you opened them and you forgot about it? And like, I don't think I knew at the time I was opening oh, them. Oh, no. To, well, to that's great. So that was like a great thing to look at and be like, oops, I don't really want to have that. So, And that's also super common. And that's like another thing we should talk about too is um, people's entry points into credit and credit cards. A lot of it is on campus. And um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a credit card on campus, but I think most people don't actually know what they're getting for that free t-shirt or free Frisbee or whatever it is. And will be like you and, and forget that they didn't, d- don't even realize that they opened a credit card because maybe, you know, they're like, oh, we'll send it to you in the mail. And then they never get it. And then it's, yeah. you know, a scary thing. I think it's like anything else. You want to be intentional about what you do, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's less so about who's who's providing it, but you want to get a credit card for a specific reason. Yeah, not that, just for, for having a credit card stake, right? Right. right. Think, think that part of it through and, and think through how you actually want to use it once you have it because... Um, you are, in fact, borrowing money, and, and I'm sure any personal finance coach would say, don't borrow money without a plan. To yeah, pay to pay it back. If you don't have the money, then don't buy it on your credit card, <laughs> right? You Especially when you are in school and you have student loans to probably deal with after university. I, I mean, I deal with a lot of clients who have both. They have a student loan, and then they're like, oh, but I got a credit card because I thought I needed it, and now I also have that debt, and that's very expensive to pay off. I don't know what to do. It's like, because you didn't really have all the facts. You didn't really know right. how to use your credit card right. properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know a lot of people use have, you know, because we're talking a little bit about, like, why would someone get a, a credit card, especially, you know, in university? Um, you know, obviously, one good reason is to start building your credit and start those good, healthy, uh, responsible credit habits. Um, some people get into the mind frame. It's like, I want to get points. It's like... Mm-hmm. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that, but that shouldn't like that's not a good enough reason to like you need to have a, a good structure. Like, okay, that's good that you want points. Well, how are you going to 
get those points? Are you just going to, you know, link your credit card to your bills and then that's how you're going to get points? Are you going to use it for your variable spending and then just really, you know, make sure that you're on budget? What are you going to do? Most of the excuse I hear from people that got into credit card, they're like, I want the points. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how many points do you got? They're like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Well, not helpful. You don't even know how many points or what points you've got, right? So you need to know what you're doing. Yep, you need to have a plan to pay it back. That's that's, that's the key thing. That's the most important thing. For I sure. think a lot of people probably don't realize this, but credit card companies want you to pay the, your credit card balance. Like that is that is what they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are lending you money. They'd like yeah. that back, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think you understand how this works. I, I understand, <laughs> yeah. but it's just yeah, it's an, uh, credit cards is a, a tricky thing because they're a great tool, but a lot of people I think don't really understand how the yeah. how to play the game, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you take kind of the student component out of it for a second, a lot of people are going to need to go through this phase of building credit. Yeah. I mean, even if you wanted to, say, rent a place here in Toronto, you're probably going to get a credit check, yeah. right? That, yeah, that's that's kind of part of it. So regardless of your age, everyone goes through this period where you have to figure out what is this thing called credit. Often the most common way is to build, to build credit early on is a credit card. Um, you want to be walking into that well-educated. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we kind of talked uh, about a, a bunch of great things. I'm so happy. This was, we, we talked about, like, there's some parts of this I'm like, I didn't know it was going to this. So I'm glad you're along for the ride for that. Um, just to kind of reiterate, Credit Education Week is from November 13th to 16th. Yep. Do you remember that URL? I'm going to test you now. CEWC.ca. There we go. And uh, what kind of uh, resources can people find on that website? Yeah, there's there's a few things that you can kind of get get through when you're um, when you go to that site. Um, it, it could point you to Credit Canada Debt Solutions, which is one of our partners who can help people out when they feel like they're in more debt than necessarily so they like want to be. It's like getting that help that, you know, if you need help, don't be afraid to reach that's, out. That's a big one. And there'll be links to other sources of kind of financial literacy and financial education that can be really important and helpful, as well as we've got over 200 events happening across the country during that time period to help Canadians help Canadians out. So that's all on there as well. That's amazing. And you mentioned uh, briefly that Capital One has a tool for people to check their credit scores for free. Where mm-hmm. would they find more information about that? Uh, that's on CapitalOne.ca. Yep. Well, thank you, Patrick, for joining me. Awesome. This is a pleasure. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you very much. And that was Patrick Enns. He's the VP of Strategy and Brand at Capital One Canada. Um, again, just to reiterate, you can find more information about Credit Education Week uh, at cewc.ca. And you can also try out Capital One Canada's um, free credit score tool on capitalone.ca. So as I mentioned, uh, part of Credit Education Week, a lot of great and free events are happening around uh, this beautiful nation of Canada. So make sure to check out the website um, to find out what kind of events are happening in your area. But speaking of events, uh, I am doing another Millennial Money Meetup. Yay, my only one for 2018. So uh, if you haven't gone to any, you're going to want to go to this one because I, I cannot guarantee when my next one will be. It took me a freaking year to do this one. So uh, grab your tickets before they're gone. You can find out more information in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 175. Um, or you can go to millennialmoneymeetup.com or I bet if you Google it, it'll hopefully come up. But again, show notes or millennialmoneymeetup.com is where you can find more information and grab your tickets. They're only $10 and all ticket sale proceeds are going to charity. Yay. I'm so stoked that I'm able to do that this year. Um, 
It's going to be a ton of fun. Last I checked, there's actually not that many tickets left. So I cannot guarantee that by the time you listen to this episode, that it will not be sold out. So definitely uh, check that out. I would love to see you. It's always fun. Uh, the theme for uh, this next Millennial Money Meetup is all about retirement planning and pensions. Um, because... I feel like a lot of us younger folk don't really uh, focus too much on retirement planning because we're kind of more focused on, I don't know, living within our means, paying off our student loans or a credit card debt, uh, saving up an emergency fund, just living, just being able to afford to live. Um, but retirement planning, it's uh, it's important. The sooner you do it, the better you'll be off. Uh, yeah, the better off you'll be, I mean. Um, so uh, hopefully you can join me. Um, but if you can't join me, because this is happening in Toronto, should have prefaced that. Sorry, guys. It is happening in Toronto on November 27th. But if you cannot uh, join me for that event, that's okay. I'm also doing something very fun. I'm doing a Twitter chat about retirement and pensions as well. And it's coming up next week on Tuesday, November 13th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, all the way to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and we're going to be talking, I mean, obviously about retirement and it's going to be fun. I just made the questions. I'm super stoked. I'm super, super excited to do it. Um, a lot of my kind of blogger friends are going to be joining into the conversation. So I hope you join me too. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash ready for retirement and uh, get some more information on there. And you can sign up to get some email reminders so you don't miss out. And the best part is if you join, you are eligible. Uh, you get a chance to win uh, one of three Amazon gift cards. So uh, you can join. You just have to be on Twitter. Just tweet it up with us for an hour. You can be watching TV at the same time. I don't care. I don't see you. And uh, you might win a uh, $25 Amazon gift card. So what do you have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Um... I have a lot of other exciting things to share. Those are the two big ones. Um, I think also, I think I mentioned on a previous episode, I'm coming to Ottawa. Um, so, uh, first off, if you're a Carleton University student, um, make sure to, uh, go to my website. I believe if you go, where do you go? If you go community, jessicmorehouse.com slash community, there's a list of kind of the events that are coming up that I'll be see speaking at. So you can find more information there. Um, but yeah, I'll be um, speaking on Monday, November 12th. And uh, I'd love to see you there because I'm doing a presentation on um, your post-grad game plan, basically how to you know, rock your finances after graduating university. Basically all the stuff that I wish I knew after I graduated university, but I had to learn the hard way. So I'm going to share all my wisdom and I hope you can join me. I think that'd be super fun, but also... I am doing a uh, un kind of unofficial, uh, you know, meetup in Ottawa. Uh, already, like, I think 10 people are joining me or more than that. I don't know. Uh, I forgot to, you know, I haven't checked the list in a little while. But uh, if you're interested, if you're in the Ottawa area, you want to meet me, hang out with some other money nerds in Ottawa, because of course you do. We're meeting up on the Sunday on Remembrance Day. Um, so hit me up over email, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com. Shoot me uh, an email and I'll send you some more info. Hopefully you could join us. Um, I, I'm going to leave it at that because that is a lot of stuff that I just told you. Thanks for listening. I just have like, there's so much going on, guys. There's so much going on in November. I can't, uh, I can't wait to take a little break in December. Um, so thanks for listening. I, I hope you enjoy this. Make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast if you liked it on iTunes. But also if you you really, really liked it, if you really, really like me, please just take a two, two seconds to um, give me a iTunes review. Because I will read it out loud, give you a shout out on a future episode. And um, yeah, I, I would love you forever. So please, please do that. That'd be nice. Um, 
Oh, oh my gosh. So exciting. Speaking of the podcast, how could I forget this? I've been nominated for an award, guys, like crazy town. Um, I am just going to look at the link right now. But basically, um, there's this uh, award show called the Notable Awards. And I've been crazily, like, and also like super excitedly, um, I'm making up works now, but whatever. Um, I was no- nominated for podcast of the year. And it's all because of you, because you you love my podcast and you help me get uh, nominated. So basically, how this kind of award thing works is I also depends on uh, votes I get. So I would love if if you could show me some love, take two seconds and uh, vote for me, so I can grab that trophy because I want that damn trophy. I want to put it on my mantle. I want to do like a winner's lap. I want to do all that good stuff. So that would be really cool uh, if you could, you know, help a gal out since you like my podcast so much. I mean, this. Um, so in order to give me your votes, it's super easy. Just go to notableawards.com slash pound or hashtag slash vote slash two two one i know that's not easy to remember just go to the show notes i will include a link in there and you can do that for me that'd be lovely okay i'm gonna stop talking you've got a busy day i know you you're a busy person so thanks so much for listening i'm gonna see you back here next wednesday for a fresh new episode of the mo money podcast this podcast is distributed by the women in media podcast network find out more at womeninmedia.network